1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Uh, today I am joined by Brendan Porath of SB Nation and uh, Sean Martin of the PGA Tour. Welcome on, guys.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Andy, thanks for having me. Good to be back on. Yeah, I'm coming live from my parents'
0: house. So i so am so I playing the role of Tron today? Is that what's going on?
1: Oh, <laughs> I, not possible. I, I don't think you're, you would keep your job if you were...
2: Playing the role of Tron. Andy, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, buoyed with enthusiasm over here with uh, potential Cavs signing the Bulls legend, uh, Dwayne Wade. Looks like they're going to get, you know, Bulls legend. Sounds like he's coming tomorrow. Very, very, very big developments over here for this Cavs fan.
1: Very happy that he's not on this team. The uh, John Greenberg, who writes for like that athletic. Was taking pictures yesterday at Bulls Media Day, and I was like laughing out loud. He was taking pictures. He's like, "Name this bull. Who's this guy? <laughs> like, no clue." I'm a huge basketball fan. I have like no clue who half our team is. But you get even have uh, old D Wade. I'm, you know Chicago's still paying him like 13 million of his 20 million million salary. <laughs> so just our our great front office. But it, Gar- he'll be he'll be okay in like 20 minutes a game roll.
2: Yeah. 20 minutes, 20 games, maybe 25 games. I don't know. We'll see.
1: So big, uh, big week and, you know, season's over. We got this one week break. That's not even a real break. And then <clears throat> the next season starts. So figure we'd talk a little bit about, uh, 2016, 2017 season, uh, figure start with the FedEx cup and, uh, tour championships. So Xander, you know, X gave it to everybody. Again, 23-year-old with now uh, two tour wins. You know, he's shoeing for Rookie of the Year and uh, kind of joins this uh, elite company of uh, young Americans. Where, where do you uh, guys see kind of uh, Xander in his ceiling?
0: It's going to be interesting to see what happens because... Uh... It's just going to be, you know, you get on a roll, and he was done ever since the U.S. Open, he was on a roll. And then, like, when that new season starts, you almost have to adjust. You know, he gets in to the U.S. Open, and, and that's out of nowhere a little bit. Then he wins Greenbrier, and, like, that's cool. And then he finishes top 20 in all these big events, which... Uh, but then the season starts over, and it kind of... You know, it's like when you play a good front nine, and then you make the turn, and for some reason, you're like, all right, I got to get back in. Like, I really need to focus again. You sometimes lose it at the turn. When the new season starts, you almost have to reset and refocus, and that's going to be the hardest part for him. But he's played so well in so many big events. He's got top 20s in the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, Bridgestone, two playoff—actually, three playoff events, and then won that. But, uh, he is a big-game hunter, it seems, but it's going to be interesting, almost like after Spieth, after 2015, how you respond and how you bounce back that following season. That's the hard part.
2: He seems like one of these— um while much less hyped and less publicized, he seems like another one of these like young guys who are like these finely tuned machines, like to get the maximum out of everything he can. He's like, he feels he's a little robotic, you know. That, and I don't mean that as like a di- as like a derogatory comment, but like he just seems so finely tuned. I don't know what his ceiling is. It just seems, uh, it just I don't know what the word is. Like he just. Nothing really seems to get to him, like Sean was saying. It doesn't matter, like kind of the stage. You said he was shaking, and it looked like it on that last putt in Atlanta.
0: I but you know,
2: game. yeah, but just playing like in a field of the top thirty guys, it didn't matter, or Bridgestone, or you know, at the U.S. Open. um, He's only twenty-three. I, I don't know. It's hard to say what his ceiling is, just because I think like measuring a player's ceiling this day and age is just a hard thing in general, because it is there is so much parity and it's like deeper than ever, like. You know, it's hard to say. Like, oh, ceiling is a major. Making a Ryder Cup is that a measurement? Uh, is it like winning once a year? Like, it's hard to say. I think just saying, you know, measuring a ceiling this day and age is really th- hard t- thing to do.
0: Yeah. One I, thing that. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. The one thing I like about it, and the the biggest adjustment for him is that you know he talks about how he's an underdog all his life. He's not the biggest guy. You know, he went to Long Beach State, then transferred to San Diego State, and his caddy Austin Kaiser was his teammate there, and said the coach always hammering them. You guys are underdogs. You have to work harder. You don't have the advantages. And then he comes out on tour. He's an underdog. At the U.S. Open, he's an underdog. But now, like, he's no longer an underdog. No one's going to be like, oh, Xander Shoffley, who we don't know who he is. Like, he's got to get used to now no longer being an underdog. And he doesn't have that motivation uh, anymore, sort of.
2: Martin come with that college intel. You know, oh, quotes yeah. from the college coaches just on a, that, you know, in that memory deck up in his head. Uh, no, I I think, like, nothing else. It's just one of the most badass names on tour. It's just endless possibilities with nicknames and puns. It's just, oh, I hope he's like prominently featured for years to come.
1: Yeah. Somebody on Twitter, I forgot who it was, uh, replied back. Like, I was really hoping that you were going to go with killing me softly. <laughs> and, and like, I I mean, I hope he's leading like something soon so I can use that. Cause it's probably the best <laughs> headline Of all time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, the thing, he didn't do anything crazy on the web last year, and then he, you know, he was one of the last ones in from the web finals, but I think one of the more underrated things about what he's done is that he's done all this, like, he's from California, and he's done all this away from playing on Poe, and, you know, you'd have to think that the the fall series and the early season next year, getting all these starts, he, he could be, he could get off to a hot start for this year playing, you know, around his hometown and courses and, and climate that he's familiar in. Um, the other thing that I find really impressive is, like, the U.S. Open. I mean, the guy was in it the whole way. Like, it, it, you know, from round one through the final round, like, he was right there. Like, there was no, like, it wasn't like he backdoored with, like, a 63 on Sunday to, to get into the top five. Or, uh, but he was there the whole time, and you know he was in the moment, and uh, that's really impressive. With like what he's done when he's gotten the chance to uh, close.
0: The Bermuda grass thing is such a strong take because I moved from California to Florida 11 years ago, and I still can't chip well out of Bermuda, and that's that's a huge adjustment. Mm-hmm. Bermuda rough is so hard.
2: It's, it's relatable, huh? Uh, you can relate gosh. to Xander and his struggles.
0: Yeah, I mean I haven't won the World <laughs> Championship, but. I know what it's like. And I know
1: Greenbrier's not the easiest or isn't the hardest course, but it seems like he's built for tough courses with his game. Um he's long, he's pretty straight, he's he's really strong tee to green. Played well at Quail Hollow, played well at at Aaron Hills obviously. played well at East Lake. I think uh I think he's one of those guys that when it gets uh, the difficulty gets ratcheted up a little, he's uh he could be, you know, he's he's kind of that's what he's built for. So. so
2: he start, he started the season 380th, 379th in the world. He's finished 32nd. So I mean, you guys think he's like a regular top 50 guy? Now we're gonna see him and everything, WGCs and all that.
0: He's a big game hunter. That's where you get the points.
2: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's in everything
1: now too. It it makes it a lot easier yeah. to stay in the top 50 when you're in all the WGCs and all the majors. Yeah. It's like I mean, free points. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy that. You look at the top five in the FedEx Cup and four of the five are under the age of 25. I mean, the youth movement is, is fully on in golf. And it seems like, I had, I had a subscriber um, write me a lengthy email about it, but talking about how the prime of a golfer no longer is like 33, 34, 35. And now when, when somebody's past 27, you know, their major championship clock is ticking. I mean, what, what do you guys think about kind of the changing landscape, do you think it's getting, you know, the major in terms of, you know, career length? Are we going to be looking at younger and and shorter careers?
0: Uh, I want to throw one stat out there real quick that I saw. It was uh, from Shotlink. This was the 18th win by a guy 25 or under because Xander is in that group. Uh, The second most since they kept age records in 1970 was 10. That was in 2000, and that's because Tiger had nine of them. So this is like a totally unprecedented year. Um, but I do think, like you said, your guys are going to be, they're winning younger. Winning is stressful. I think people don't give that enough credit. So you're dealing with a lot of stress at a young age. Uh, the modern swing, it's so violent. That puts a lot of stress in the body. So I think you're going to have guys who make a lot of money and are under a lot of stress. And I think the, definitely the career is going to move forward a little bit and guys are going to be done at an earlier age. I almost think you're not going to have Kenny Perrys who start their career at
2: 40 and win all their titles at 40. You need to, You need to win early and win often. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think like like a Kisner type is really the exception to the rule these days, um, you know. But it, I think there's still different ways to get it done. I just think the predominant route is going to be, you know, I had that stat too: this, those 18 wins from players under 25. Um, I think it's I think that's kind of the new norm. Maybe that's was kind of uh, you know taking it to the extreme, but I think you know the under 30, under 27 crowd. Is really going to own the week to week PGA tour, and I, I always go back to I go back to what you were telling me about the Western AM Andy and how you were out there, and it's like just these practice rounds, um, even like like seventeen year old, eighteen year like 20 year olds, and how they're just it's just a different game, and you you watch like where they're hitting the ball and how good they are already. Um, I think it, it's a totally it's a totally different game. They come in maximize whether it's With obviously with how far to hit it, I I don't know. Like course management intel is kind of more. um, It's a it's a sellable commodity as we've seen. Like it's not it's not necessarily like something you gain by experience. Now there's with all the stats and everything. There's like there's it's easier it's it's easier to become a a kind of a better course manager uh, than just you know. A guy who's 35 and been scarred and beat up and, and kind of knows how to how to approach a course better than the 20 year old. I think a lot of it can come from shot link data and stuff like that. Um, I just think it's it's kind of a new era of golf.
0: Mm-hmm. The faucet effect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, it, it's it kind of plays into what happened with like the web. I think it was 10 wins from web dot com graduates last year or. Uh, tour finals grads. So of the 50 guys that either got their card back or or got their card through the web.com, one, you know, 10 of them won. And that's kind of crazy to me. It it signals that there's such an influx of talent that it's um, the lines between tours are getting blurred. And and really, if you if you win on one tour, you probably that same week be in the top Five on the pga tour if you play, you know with the golf you played and it makes me think that you know eventually we might have a problem where too much talent is is below the pga tour because there just frankly aren't enough spots to get up year in and year out
2: yeah what what do you think what do you think of that like major window contention that your reader or subscriber mentioned like do you really think that's 27 like is ricky now kind of getting on the outer edges of that so stuff like
1: yeah that was like that was the thing that was the example he used and it was like you know he he pulled it from a pod when we're when i I don't remember which one but you know he's seeming he's going to win a major and his whole point was like he might not win a major because he's actually passed but that being said i think majors are require a little bit more seasoning and experience like it's we've seen like Hideki has been so close so many times and it, it it's kind of crazy that, you know, the emphasis, it, it, there's only four events that really matter in terms of, uh, uh, yeah. like how we remember players a year. Um, you know, like I don't think anybody's going to go down and say, Oh, Justin Thomas won the FedEx cup in 2017. What a season he's going to say. He's gonna say they're gonna say, "Oh, he won the PGA Championship and and five other events, um, or four other events, right?" Um, yeah. So five total.
0: So that's I mean, we are we're at a year two where we did have we had Sergio win a major this year. So mm-hmm. uh, at four what forty I believe. So and we also had two guys under twenty five win majors. But I do think that majors are a different animal. And like you said, I mean it's so random trying to pick any four events a year, but. I think to have a big career where you win, like, five or ten, you've got to start young, and that's where Ricky needs to – if he's going to win multiple majors, he needs to probably get one soon. But you can always pick off that one like Sergio did.
1: So if I said over-under Ricky majors at one and a half,
2: what would you guys be doing? Under. For sure. I mean, I I think, you know, yeah, I I think one's a good number.
0: I'm going to go over only because I think the more you get in contention, the more chances you have, the more chances you have of one falling in your lap. And he does get, he got in position a lot this year. Now he didn't play well on Sunday and he's got to fix that. But the more you get in position, the more one's just going to come your way.
2: I mean, Thomas just, Thomas just had kind of Ricky's entire career in one season, you know, five wins and a major and a FedEx cup title. Like that's, I don't know. I'm not like I'm not. It's an exceptional season. This isn't as like kind of a shot of Ricky. But, you know, it's like another <laughs> kind of example of how getting it early can kind of free. Like maybe you need to take your shots when you're 23, 24, 25. And as you get to 30 and over, it's, you know, that that window to do those kind of big things and that kind of big year closes.
0: It's, yeah, I don't think Thomas's season is getting enough due because we saw Speeth do it two years ago. If Spieth hadn't had his twenty fifteen, I think Thomas would be getting so much more credit and should be getting so much more credit for what he did this year.
1: I think. I think the other thing is, is that like, if he had won, you know, at the Tour Championship, he would have been the first player with six wins since Tiger in a season. Yeah. I mean, yes. that's that's madness. I mean, he, he has, um, he has every kind of skill, and I think. It, he's a perfect example of the, you know, putting doesn't matter adage is, like, completely idiotic in this day and age since, like, the biggest increase in statistics, like, and you saw it on his goals, was putting. And he talked about how he worked on his putting a ton and, and all of a sudden he won a ton as opposed to yes. contending a ton. Um, but in terms of, you know, if you were... I think, I think you got Spieth, uh JT and and Rom are the clear three guys right. under twenty five, and I almost feel like putting Rom in the same stratosphere <laughs> as those two is is wrong. But you, you see him at, at fifth in the rankings, <laughs> one year into his yeah. career. So, right. what uh, you know of those three guys, like you know, if obviously Jordan's got a big head start on majors, but say say we're starting the clock at zero right now, who who would you kind of put your chips in on? ending
2: with the most if they all had zero right now i mean it's hard to like all right so set it set it back at zero yeah but i'm still going to use the the knowledge like the kind of institutional knowledge that i've seen what speed has done at major i don't know it's hard to say like I, i think speed say he has none right now i still think he ends up with more than the other two Mm-hmm. Right. Just because of what we've seen him do. I guess that's maybe cheating a little bit, but I think he kind of is, and, and like we talk about the parody and the depth and all this stuff. And I wonder if it's harder to become like a truly like legendary player and win like eight majors and things like that. I think speed's like the one exception that kind of, that, the only exception that we've seen so far that can kind of stick, stick out from what, what's like a crowded and maximized, uh, group of players that are 25 and under. So I would still say, based on everything we see week to week, even if it's, even if it's not a major, it's uh, Spieth is the clear choice for me there.
0: I still would probably go Spieth. I think again, cheating and using our previous info. There's something just that guy's mind is. I don't know. There's just he just does something when it's Sunday down the stretch, and you just can't, you can't teach that, you can't gain that. I don't think.
2: Mm -hmm. plus I think he might I think he might be also be another exception to the kind of uh, longevity issue that you talked about earlier I think maybe the way he plays and the way he swings um, might set him up to last a little longer than some of those power players Um, there's also all that fear like he is so psychotically competitive that there's like a, a you know a fear of burnout you know early and young but I just I think he's one of the one of the players that are under 25 that are best set up to have kind of to contend deep into their thirties and even forties.
0: Yeah. The crazy thing about speed is like he didn't putt well this year, and he totally reinvented himself. He was one of the best iron players this year, and he didn't putt well. Um, and he said he thinks it's possible where if he puts like he did in twenty fifteen or any even anywhere close to that and irons it like he did this year, I mean it's gonna be it seems like it would be a pretty scary, pretty dominant combination.
1: Yeah, this that is the scary thing is it it, it like he, he didn't putt well. Um I don't I don't think the major courses necessarily set up that great for him this year. Like yeah. Aaron Hills probably wasn't a great setup for him given, you know, the, I mean, it it was tailor made for a guy like Brooks Koepka who bombs it and has like a perfect week ball striking. Um but I think um you know, obviously Augusta, year in, year out, he's going to be I mean, I, he played pretty bad this year and finished in the top. What until we finished T eleventh, and
2: uh, I think second uh, to last group.
1: Yeah, on Sunday. So I think the biggest struggle with uh, Spieth will always be the PGA, just because of the way it's it's set up. But I I I, I envision. I would have to say I, I, JT is the. He can get so hot, you know, and he can go on runs like. I'm really interested to see because this year's is as close. To a tiger year outside of like space fifteen as we've seen, is like could could JT be a guy that consistently um, rattles off four or five wins a year? I mean, it's it's brutally tough, but he seems like the kind of he's got the game to do that.
0: I think so, but I think also he had a good point. He said he's going to talk to Jordan in the offseason about how to handle next season because just like jordan had to handle 2016 after 2015 he knows that he's gonna have to go through the same thing this next season and the frustration of people asking it's been five weeks why haven't you won and, and that kind of stuff and because um, he's not going to match uh this past season i don't think he can it would be insane and so uh there's gonna be some fall off and so he's gonna have to deal with that which i think will be interesting to see i don't I don't know that we're gonna ever see again a guy who's gonna win five times a year for consecutive seasons.
1: Yeah, it's uh, big cat's lurking out there in New York. How's he look? Smart. Uh,
0: looks yeah. fit, looks thin. Uh yeah, looks he fit.
2: Looks... Can't imagine. Looks... looks fit. Tiger. That's he looks... all he looks. He, he was looks... always in athleisure gear and he's looking fit. He's like he started the athleisure trend before it was a thing. Just always had, in his Nike get up.
0: He had sleeves on today. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked thin. He uh didn't look like I don't know, he looked good. I can see him hitting some sixty yard shots out here.
1: Poor, poor <laughs> F, you should roll up there and, you know, kinda hang around him with a monster this week when you get in town.
2: <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna make the drive up. It's a short little trip up <laughs> to Jersey, so join join Smartin, kinda just follow Tiger around.
1: You get you guys got any uh, favorite moments from uh, the season while we're still on twenty sixteen twenty seventeen anything anything you're gonna remember that might fly under the radar?
2: Moments. I think, uh, I think that like ludicrous concert that opened the tour championship was a big <laughs> kind of under the radar moment. Big big win for the tour for golf. <laughs> no, uh, I think and we already talked about him and it's it's because of the distance that the time between now and then it's kind of faded a little bit but uh looking back over the season that rom shot into 18 at Tory pines to win it the, from 260 yards uh and then obviously the eagle putt that converted it i think that was like a that's a low-key underrated moment that kind of we lost in the shuffle as the season progressed, and speed won, and Sergio won, and all, all these things happened. Like, I'll, I'll always remember that. Uh, that I think it was five. What I can't remember what he hit o- over. You know, we saw JB Holmes lay up there. I think the year before, and he ended up making a par there. And, and Rob was leading at the time. Just ripped that over over that you know water to the back of the green, and, and then made the eagle comebacker. I think that was like a really cool highlight and one of the shots of the year for me that that we've kind of lost in the shuffle.
0: I don't know if you get it, but Ludacris is from Atlanta, which is where the Tour Championship was. So there was synergy there. Gotcha. I, don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that. Um, uh, underrated moment of the year, I think, was Charles Howell's playoff loss at Quicken Loans. Because it shows that guy's career and then what happened there shows just how hard it is to win. Because he's so good. And that putt he hit was so good, and it lips out. And the guy has two career wins, uh, and he's, what, 37 or whatever? And I don't know. I just think, I mean, I'm not going to recount all the good shots because there were so many. I mean, I think Brendan was out there, but Justin Thomas' shot on 17 at Quail Hollow and, like, the way he handled it was amazing. He was, like, he was alpha there. He was, like, stone cold, no emotion. Uh, That was very impressive. But on the flip side, we talk about guys winning and how many will they win and all that. And, I don't know, Charles Howell putt was, like, less than millimeters from going in and him winning the tournament, and it doesn't. And it just kind of shows that, like, how hard of a game this is and how hard winning is.
1: Uh, yeah, I I would agree. I mean, like, to go along with that, Kevin Chapel finally slayed the dragon after he had, like, six runner-ups the year before, or six top threes, and, and uh, finally got his first win this year. I would say uh, my moment, like, just the return of Patrick Cantley. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was so stoked. I was asking. I, I had gotten to the point where I was asking people on like Reddit if anybody knew what was going on with <laughs> Patrick Cantley, like in in the beginning of the year, um, and then like sure enough, he, he popped in at the uh, at the AT and T and like you know the thing I always remember about Patrick Cantley was like you know this is the guy that overshadowed Jordan Spieth. He was uh, so good. I mean he he had one of the most remarkable like stretches of the amateur uh, amateur career like in pro tournaments and just in in general uh ever and uh then just had like you know personal tragedy and also like a horrific injury problems and he's still only 25 and he and he made the made east lake with 12 in 12 events um you know, you, ever, you always wonder, like, how long we're going to have the guy around just because of the back and and how much he'll be able to play. But now he's in every major, every WGC, and I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see him, A, get into the winner's circle, but, B, become, you know, a major force in in majors because, I mean, he's got the whole package when it comes to the golf game. I mean, he he's probably one of the top five most well-rounded players out there right now.
0: I think he gets on the Ryder Cup team next year.
1: <laughs> that that would be... It, it, it'll be, it, You know, the Ryder Cup next year, in, in just the President's Cup, like, even the President's Cup this year, like, it's so interesting because the game's gone so young, and it's traditionally been kind of like an old boys' club pick for especially the Ryder Cup. Like, what do you, do you guys see a lot of veterans getting the nod over, like, young guys, like, potentially a Patrick Cantley? Or, you know, what... What do you do? What what, what do you think? Like, because traditionally it's always been experience over over youth, but like now we're seeing the game change so much. Do do you think it's going to reflect it with captains' picks?
0: No. I just floated it out there informally that Cantlay really should get consideration for a Presidents' Cup pick this year, and I got just
2: roasted for that.
0: But I mean, if you look what the guy did in limited action, I mean, he definitely at least deserved a look and at least to be in the conversation
2: no i don't think it's gonna change i just i don't i think the captains are coming from an era where that wasn't the case now maybe when you know we get into like a new captaincy area but i think like we're gonna see captains that are like furek that are like stricker that are like, that are gonna go for experience if the experience is kind of within the realm of you know being justifiable as a pick so i, I don't think that's gonna change when, uh, whether we want whether we want it to or not, you know, I mean, I just don't think it's going to change. When, when's the captain's, big, When's the big cat getting the getting the nod
0: for
2: captain? Yeah, mid <laughs> twenties. It, uh, it abroad? Uh, I thought it was going to be maybe the one in Italy. I don't know because it's going to oh, go. I don't know. I hate talking about the Ryder Cup so much in, in advance. It's just like, you know, got the Presidents Cup this week. Yeah. Um, but
1: I'm just I think you got to pick them for a overseas one because they'll come up with like an
2: infiltration plan and, <laughs> you know, map it all out. You'll have this like behind enemy lines mentality. <laughs> It'll be uh, <laughs> he'd be perfect for uh, I also, <laughs> going abroad. I also want to know what the what the
1: pods would be
2: named, you know. <laughs> hey, so can we real quick so you mentioned chapel i went to january with rom and uh spartan mentioned the quick and loans in july what did you guys? none of us mentioned anything from the playoffs what did you guys think of the playoffs overall and the tour championship i kind of i don't know if it was my own like personal burnout but i just you know that 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 northern trust kind of popped a little bit because of the speed versus dj thing but I don't know. We had good winners. Thomas won it. It just, it didn't, I, I just wasn't in on it. And especially the tour championship. Yeah. Martin, you're not smart and you're not allowed to, yeah. you got to censor yourself here.
0: I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. No, but I think, I mean, I think I'm not a big football guy myself, so I can't relate, but like, I, it obviously it takes a very obvious effect when football starts. So that's why I'm definitely stoked for 2019 when we finished before football. Like, I don't understand the nation's obsession with football. I don't follow through on it. I'm a contrarian, but it is definitely a real effect on golf. And so that hurts it. Um, But for the golf itself, the playoffs, I think, they succeeded. And I think it's just because we just have these players separating themselves. Like, the top five in the FedEx Cup this year, I think going into BMW, was the same as the top five in the world rankings. So it just shows there were five guys who just – no matter what you sure. were measuring them by they were they were dominant and that's cool to see i think it was the top 5 going into east lake had i think i calculated it was like 15 wins this season which is the most ever for the top 5 so that was the cool thing this season was you had five guys who were definitely the best this year and they performed but i think unfortunately i think i think it is a little bit of burnout and i think then the football effect is real
1: yeah i had i mean i had this like little thing called my wedding and uh and that was You're like right in the season yeah right in the middle of the playoffs, so I was a little distracted, but obviously football just is absolute killer um and it's ironic that the best you know the most remembered playoff event was the one that started was before football started right yeah with the uh with the uh Glen Oaks finish um but like in general like you know something i when i was research i forgot that they had this reset. With the Tour Championship, and I think that is like the dumbest thing in the world. Like, because like, like, Justin Thomas won, but but like, if anybody but like Justin Thomas, Spieth or DJ won, it was like a really flawed system because nobody had nearly as good of a year as those. Nobody says
0: that. Nobody says that when the New England Patriots lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl, you got to perform in the postseason.
2: Come on. Oh, I (laughs) am smart. When they started Sunday morning, I like, because like I said, I hadn't like really been dialed in. I was like kind of watching in and out. I think like a field of 30, like you really need, I don't know, you need some crazy shit to be happening to really get, to get, give it some juice Um, or, or you just need a format change. But when I, I like Sunday morning, I like dove in. It's like, yeah, Paul Casey in the driver's seat to win the FedEx cup. I was like, what? Like yeah, what? Like Spieth what?
0: Speeth pulled out on 10 to get in it and then Speeth and Thomas were tied for a little bit, which Thomas had but great that,
2: close afterwards. It shouldn't exist really, like to Andy's point, like Paul Casey can win the FedEx Cup. He hasn't won all year. He hasn't and...
1: won since 2013.
2: I know. And he didn't need like a ton he of was... crazy stuff to happen. He just needed like Thomas to finish outside the top 3 and Speeth outside the top 5. Like where yeah, they he were was
0: he was top five in all the playoff events and then would have won the tour championship.
2: I, I agree. Yeah. Like Paul, it's Casey like an eight seed in the he's a Cinderella.
0: He's George Mason, uh, it to the final four.
1: I think that oh. is like the thing that people need to embrace maybe. And, and it's, you know, like, long term, like the, somehow the FedEx cup playoffs have to become like to a major level before they like people care about them. Um, but like, With uh with Paul Casey. Yeah, I think people do need to look at it maybe and that is a good way to look at it is the NCAA tournament, like where upsets happen and and not necessarily the best player wins. Because but the problem is it's ten million dollars. Like Paul Casey would have won what, eleven and a half million dollars for winning one tournament.
2: I think it's hard to like sell it all year as like this season long kind of season long pursuit and then I don't know, like, the the formula gets flipped around in the last event. You know, I I understand it's still weighted, but...
0: If you play well in any other sport in the regular season, your path to the championship is easier. So, like, if I have a good college, you know, if I'm a good college basketball team and I'm a two seed, my path to the championship is easier than a seven seed. Oh, it's actually the same. (laughs) Um, Then maybe, like, a, a nine seed, but then also I need to play well to get farther. So it's kind of both, you know, that you play well in the regular season and it makes your path to the championship easier, but you still have to perform in the postseason. You guys are just missing the boat, man.
2: We got Sean Monahan here litigating the uh, case for FedEx Cup. My
0: bonus is going to be so big this year. Yeah,
1: seriously. (laughs) Like, Kevin Kisner, like, that would have been a guy that, like, I could have gotten behind, like, if he had won and won. Sure. He won, like, this year he was, like, in the mix a ton. And Paul Casey's like always in the mix, but like it just would have been bad. It would have been a bad look. I mean, they they got lucky that JT won, um, but I I, I I just don't think there's a good way to make a playoff system for golf. I, I think it's I think just tough.
0: If I could fix yeah. something, I think we're too overly reliant on the projections. We get started in the projection game way too early, and that's what I don't like about it. Uh, hey. Is
1: you gotta show. You gotta get FedEx's brand up, up on the tall cast, man.
0: It's true.
2: That, but...
1: That's a contract.
2: <laughs> Do you think NCAA's has any? You know, settles. Is there some sort of like individual title out there that you feel like produces like a usually like a, a an elite type winner? Whether it's USAM or something like that. Is there a well, format out there that in an individual Western contest? Is pretty sweet.
0: Which one?
1: Western Am. but Western my, Am is strong. My other issue is that, like, the golf – if you're going to make the, the playoffs be important, pick some damn good golf courses. Like, <laughs> play, like, great golf courses. Like, if – that's one way that they could make the playoffs sweet is if you played, like, awesome, awesome golf courses. Like, take some of that FedEx money, like, and be like, all right, we're going to pay you – pay up to play hey. – LACC you know,
0: for the week. You know we're going to Ronemick next year.
1: I, that's awesome. But like yeah. East Lake still there. Um, <laughs>
2: wh-
1: who's in? Who's in? Like um, you know the jo- the jo- No Jones course should ever host <laughs> the finals of something that decides ten million dollar winner. <laughs> it, it's like what else? Is, who's who's the New York host next year?
0: Oh, that's Actually, i'm wikipediaing that one right now hold on that's ridgewood so uh, that's a good one yeah good. there we go we got a tilly we got a little uh what hans reno or no core crenshaw reno who did who did uh Arana make
1: uh hans.
0: hans yeah
1: i mean that it's probably about as good as it's gonna get and but the, but the other issue is like you're just excluding half the country or not even half like the entire country nobody else ho- that's, they're all on the east coast
0: well, everyone in L.A. is watching the Rams, so we can't put a playoff fan out there.
2: I don't – I mean, I think it's easy to, to bag on the FedEx Cup. Like, it's just easy. It's a punching bag. It's, like, easy to talk shit about it. I think it's overall good. It's obviously better than what we had. But, yeah, <laughs> there's always going to be ways to perfect it and make it better and bitch about it for sure.
0: Yeah, um, you guys need me to bring the, bring the wisdom. You guys are just group thinkers. I'm bringing the hot contrarian takes
2: that's that so awesome. The, yeah. So it is a the northern take. <laughs> Northern Trust goes from Ridge Ridgewood next year to Liberty National. Oh. it's a little course. I guess it's on the uh it's on the East River maybe or no no no, no. Where is that? That's in that's in New Jersey, across from the Statue of Liberty, something yeah. you I'm know, told to reliably. Uh Plainfield, Beth Page, Liberty National, Beth Page. So
1: Wow, Liberty National really fits in with Ridgewood, Plainfield, Beth Page, like that's like right there with them, like a same tier course. It's you know what's <laughs> hey, the most if amazing Shitty,
0: if Shinny wanted to open its gates, I'm sure we would be more than happy to have it on there. It's it's a two way street here.
1: No, those other courses are great though. Like you know, Liberty National, the fact that it costs two hundred and fifty million dollars to build this course is like might be the greatest heist of all time.
0: <laughs> I don't even know even what to say to that.
2: I mean, it's it's they they built a, a beautiful piece of art on an otherwise a super fun toxic dump.
1: Yeah, I yeah. They they were limited with what they could do, but you know they didn't need to limit the strategy of the golf course. <laughs> yeah,
0: it went from super fun to super fun.
2: <laughs> so
1: hey, President's Cup, what do you what, right. do, what do you guys? Uh, I mean like it seems like everybody's saying that many are saying the internationals have no chance.
0: Gosh, they need to play well. I'm I'm gonna go in there and rile them up tonight. They need to they need to get on their horses and play well.
2: So who needs who do you think like they have to have like the usuals? The horses have to play well. Hideki. Well, H-
0: Hideki Hideki needs to get over the PGA. Uh Hideki's been I mean Hideki he shot sixty one at Bridgestone, he almost won the PGA and then I think that took a lot out of him. Uh I think it was a tough loss for my man because he's been down ever since.
1: I think one of the issues with the international team is, like, all the languages. Because, like, I don't necessarily think that they pick the best team year in, year out because of language barriers. Because, like, you can't pair, like, you can't play a good team format if, if the team can't communicate with each other. Like, if I can't talk to my best ball partner or alternate shot partner about, like, what he's doing... Like, how are we supposed to be, like, a good team on the golf course?
0: I thought, I think it was Shackford had an interesting take. Uh, I think the U.S. Walker Cup team was playing alternate shot the way that you're supposed to play it, where, like, one guy goes to the tee, and the next guy walks out to the fairway like a four caddy, and then he just hits. So instead of the two of them just chumming it up and talking and getting too much information, uh, which I think people do, I think they overthink some of these team formats. Like, an alternate shot, just go to the next spot and hit your shot from there and don't, you know, if you don't have a you don't play with a partner all year. Try to make it as similar to that as possible. So I think, um, I don't know. I don't think that's the problem. I think it's just and the U.S. Well, team is deep.
2: Well, who were the picks this year? The international Griot and uh, Lahiri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're yeah, you know, stateside players who know there's there's not a barrier there. You know, but I don't know. I mean, Nick
0: Price said he was going for that. He's going for the PJ Tour players who know each other.
2: I think that's I mean if, if that's the case of Andy if that has merit then that's like kind of an indictment on the entire enterprise and the entire competition like that I mean it just that shouldn't be like then the, like the whole setup is not you know There's we need to look a lot look.
0: of <laughs> like great options for International President's Cup picks this year the guys on the yeah. bubble
2: were not playing well yeah, yeah. i mean it, if there's like a language barrier that's preventing them from maybe putting like the 12 best or the 12, but you know, or that, that, you know, negatively impacts even the best number one versus, you know, Hideki and Jason day can't play together because of their, you know, can't play well together because of the language thing. That's like kind of an indictment on the entire competition and the purpose of it and the value of it. I don't know if there's merit to that whole language barrier. thing. Yeah.
0: The one thing, the U S team might be, uh, exhausted from all the good golf they've played so that could be all that good golf could be a barrier that's what they need to hope for at least from the international side i mean i kind of like the
1: international team like it's it's got like a lot of like cult golf heroes like you got the mattress king you got (laughs) you got big you got big leash um you
0: you have some big game hunters who need to big game hunt this week
1: you know I don't know if you guys heard, but Brandon Grace shot the lowest major round of all time this year.
0: <laughs>
1: you got hot, hot Charles. I mean, they hot got a Charle. good team.
2: I it's good, but the we say this every we say this every two years. It's good, but it's not you know top to bottom. It's it's yeah doesn't doesn't compare.
0: It's I feel like Jonathan Vegas could be. This could be Jonathan Vegas' week. I feel like I feel a big Jonathan Vegas week potentially coming on, even though he did finish last in the tour championship.
1: Is, is that because you're writing a Jonathan Vegas uh, article?
0: It's part of that, but I think too, he's just <laughs> he's he's very energetic and enthusiastic. He's a big hitter. I don't know. i'm I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just think that he could be a guy who could energize that side.
1: I think Big Woo-woo could too. I think Si Woo can. yeah,
2: like, yeah. i he done. I mean, I'm not. I love, I love him, but I don't. What's he done since?
1: He hasn't done much. He's had
2: injury, injury problems again, right?
1: Let's talk though. Like we just talked about Xander Shoffley at the beginning of this. Twenty-three year old. Like, see, Woo Kim is twenty-one. Yeah. He's won a players by three shots, and he won the Wyndham by like five at age sixty. Yeah, nineteen or whatever he was. He's the youngest player ever to earn a PGA Tour card. So young that he couldn't play, because he had to sit until he was eighteen, and um, also he's playing golf as a twenty what is twenty one year old in a foreign country where he doesn't speak that language. Like how like if this if if si Wu Kim was an American, everybody would have like a raging boner for
0: him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the pro- the problem is he just. He's he's good. The back straight. He's withdrawn a lot this year. And then I mean, his only top twenty-five other than the players uh, since then is a T thirteen at the U.S. Open. Uh, it's just it hasn't been good this year after the players. He was so good there, and it's just been so bad ever since.
2: Yeah. Who who's who's a good partner for him this week? Who's not? Who who are they thinking?
0: Uh, I don't know. I you know I think they do this thing. I think the international team just needs to make power pairings. Instead of, like, trying to get a veteran with a new guy, you just got to go, like, Adam Scott and Leishman together. Put, like, Hideki and, I don't know, Ust Hazel. Like, you just need to just stack. And you run the risk, of if those guys lose, you've lost a point to your best players. But I don't know. I think you just got to stack that team. Well, they're not going
2: to break up Ustie and Grace, right? They're the ones that are unseated in Korea. And
0: Scott and Hideki play well together, so they might have those pairings for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know who he's going to go with. Like, so, I, just,
1: I mean, look, I don't think the bottom half of the, the, like, I think they're pretty comparable at the top with Day and and uh, Hideki, but at the bottom, like, Kevin Chappell, Charlie Hoffman, I guess, yeah, grio has been really bad this year, too.
2: Yeah, it's just, Adam you look through, been very good you look through these rosters through history, it's like, Nick O'Hearn at the bottom, <laughs> even Laney or Leaney, whatever. You know, a lot of weird. Like, there's just like those last four. Bobby Allenby, he's featured prominently through through in the fairness, history. Of this.
0: In fairness, that was the year that Stephen Leaney was the runner-up at the U.S. Open.
2: All right, well there you go. He had and, a
1: runner-up. And Bob Allenby was like a top five player in the world. Bob for like Allenby
0: was a machine for a while.
2: <laughs> I know he's like he was on this. He's on these rosters like every other year. You know, every time until. He ran a ran foul late in his career. Uh, <laughs> he
1: ran into Anthony Kim.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was I, the I, beginning I think, of the end. <laughs> I think he should be kind of just like an honorary member of the team every year. Just kind of, this event needs juice. It's all manufactured anyways. Bring in some kind of hotheads, a couple of shit talkers. Allenby should be kind of an honorary member of the international team. Just kind of mix it up.
1: I feel like the international team should get to pick two players from Europe. Wow. That's not a bad idea.
0: It should be a weird mix. What would you call it? I mean, I guess there's still the international team. It's such a weird... Uh... Me against the world. Yeah.
1: It's. I don't know. I. It's It's tough. I would love to see a team golf competition that's modeled after the college NCAAs. And I yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, countries don't have enough players. Like, I think eh. you'd, you'd have Canada, you'd have the States, you'd have Japan, you'd have China, you'd have uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, I bet Korea, South Korea. Um, you could, I mean, like you could, you could feel like South Africa. You know, a ton yeah. of European countries. You could get at least sixteen teams in there, right?
0: Yeah. Or you be like, what about like four-man teams from continents? continent cups.
2: i think i think you have enough for countries I actually like guy who uh, kyle robbins who works for uh works for espionation wrote a big thing right after ncaa about how this would work i mean he had he put 16 teams in there i mean it's yeah sure it gets thin towards the bottom but yeah i think it, i think it's a great potential format you know coming out of you, you know you had the Zerk Classic that mixed it up you had you know ncaa keeps delivering like every year you know, now that it's, like, a TV event, like, that's been awesome to watch, the match play part of it. I, I don't know. You, you get countries, whether it's the random, like, Italy, India. Like, these guys, they can at least put four in there. And, yeah, of course, there are, it gets thin towards the bottom, but that's the nature of, like, a bracket. You need a 16 seed. I mean... The, but it's they're still good enough to beat a one if, if, if it broke the right way.
1: And if you get, like, the battleship playing that course that the hero Indian... Opens at uh, SSP <laughs> Charles. Yeah, yeah. If you get him playing there against Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler has no chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean you got every every country in Europe can, can field four guys. You know, not every country, but you know, the golf countries. You got to be five guys. Know. But <laughs> I like think Bel-
1: Belgium would have a team because they got Colsarts, Dietrich, Peter, all the Thomases. Yeah, yeah I mean they've got. They've got guys: England, Wales, um, Scotland, uh, Ireland. I mean, you—it would be a really cool event. And I think one of the great things about golf, like, I mean, it would—it would highlight some of these like Challenge Tour guys for the European Tour. And like, imagine seeing one of those guys like beat Jordan Spieth. Like, I mean, that's that's like NCAA tournament when like the two seed loses the fifteen seed. You
0: know? We should get we should get the world amateur team championship to go to the NCAA format.
2: Uh, so, you got so a dog what, in the background. Yeah, what's going on back there? Getting a little dog, chirpy.
1: Dog, dog's barking to be outside. Go outside. She's not like locked up in her uh, in her Chicago apartment. So she sees
2: squirrels. Yeah. I've heard you talking about Liberty National getting yeah. feisty. Can we talk a little bit about the course? How how how's it looking, Smartin? You're already on, on scene there.
0: Uh I was only out I only saw a couple holes, took some took some insta trying to build my uh insta following, so oh, edited God. those up real quick. What what um, what's the handle? You
1: gotta plug your handle so uh, let the people know.
0: It's it's PJ tour smart on one brand. <laughs> 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 Poor disgusted. Um got,
2: got the tour in there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um no, I think you know, I think TV kills some things, and so yeah, I know you can see the Statue of Liberty from here, and you can see the skyline, but it is pretty sweet. It is—I pr- mean, I've got to say—I've never been here before. I've never really done New York. It's pretty cool. Um, course is very lush right now.
2: Lush. Uh, huh.
0: I think it'll be—I in- think it'll be interesting. Uh, you can get into some trouble here. Um, it seems like you got to drive it straight. Not a lot of width, but I mean, you're definitely gonna have to ball strike it there And I think if you look at the guy, ball strikers. Adam Scott won here. Uh, uh-oh. Did I lose you guys? I got
2: you're, you. You're okay. You're good. Okay.
0: Uh, Adam Scott won here. Uh, I know Kevin Chappell was in contention that year. He's got the course record. Tiger played well that year. Uh, Heath Slocum won in 9 but he held off a murderer's row of runners-up. So I think it's going to be a ball-striking golf course. I don't know who that helps or who that hurts, but um, there's – you can get some penalties pretty quick and rack up some strokes. So you could have some pretty good match play turns.
2: So I think for, for people like us who are kind of like deep in, in the golf, what we want to see a good course, we'd rather see a good course than not, than just some kind of like, you know, cookie cutter thing or not saying this one is necessarily, but um, does, does the course matter for match play? This is just kind of a TV event. It's an exhibition, you know, in, In theory, does does it does it matter?
0: I think this will play well on TV because you do have the good visuals. Um, I mean, Royal Melbourne, I think. Obviously, yeah, like next time. But I think this will play well on TV because it is, yeah, good visuals. It's a beautiful golf course, and I think that'll that'll help with the presentation. Um, But it is pretty. It seems pretty penal. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out in match play.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of hazard line fairways, um, a lot of spray paint. Lots of uh, bunkers on outsides of dog legs, which I can't stand. Um, but well, we did good they did, views. They did mow
0: the fairway into the bunkers, so, so we got that.
1: That's that's good. Um, I think like I th- it, people will think is really cool. Like I, you see those late afternoon rounds with the sun going down and the in the skyline in the background. Like you know the general. I think the general golf fan like will like think it's really awesome. I mean it, and uh, you know the it 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 for match play i think i think it you can have really great match play courses which heighten match play but in at, at the end of the day i don't think people will love a team competition and like this I, it's funny one of my buddies was at the bmw and i walked with him for a couple holes like the most casual golf fan um you know went to the went to the event cuz he had free tickets. So I was walking with him and I was like, "Are you having fun here?" And he goes, "Uh, not not really. I I, I don't know if I'd ever come back to something like this." I was go I was like, "Well, what do you, he's like, "The Ryder Cup's more my jam, like or the Presidents Cup." And I was like, "Why?" And he said, "Because I like having a team to root for, just like other sports." So like I think that aspect of of team golf is what I think you know that's a way to spice up like more stuff with golf is is to have more team formats because people want to have people to root for um you know i i I talked with kyle on our mailbag pod about like how much different golf would be if it was a team sport and in different cities like just like we were talking about basketball at the beginning like if all of a sudden like i we made a trade for daniel Berger and we traded you know phil and future cash considerations at chicago like (laughs) how much different golf would be but like you'd have a different fan base like you'd have more casual fans
0: yeah the one problem there is that would they be playing for something that matters like would you like whatever this team trophy is and i think i mean it it takes time for anything to really matter um but that's what would have to be too you'd have to have so like you could make a boston team but unless they're playing for something that really matters to those people, I don't know if they'd get into it. That's the one, I don't know how you do that, per
2: se. You also wouldn't have the crooked media just writing about, you know, five, six guys, every, you know, five, six guys taking up 98% of the content, the oxygen. Right. And yeah.
1: All of a sudden, so. then there'd be, like, the guys that are the five guys would so be, like, the the weed of the city, like, get, get this right. bum out of here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're gonna care about like the 10th guy in your lineup which yeah. brings all new names into the yeah into it
1: i mean like, like when the bulls had keith bogans everybody was all over keith bogans like get this bum off the team <laughs> like it'd be like oh we've got we've got uh you know kevin chapel never makes a putt and down the stretch like get this guy out of here like it, it you it would also like lead to like a sports right oh man it'd be it'd be kind of crazy
2: so many hot takes would be thrown about. Skip and Shannon. You Hold know, on be a let, me,
1: let me go get my fucking dog.
0: <laughs> Andy's gonna go take care of this dog situation. Alright, what should we talk about while he's gone? Uh, <sighs> what's his dog's name? Rainer?
2: Come here. Uh, <laughs> Rainer <laughs> Oh man. Everything get up there?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh I think it
2: <laughs> I'm it excited definitely... to get up there.
0: Oh here we go. <laughs> Little Alistair himself.
2: <laughs> Martin just asked if the dog's name is Rainer.
0: Violet.
1: It's it's my, my wife's dog. The dog came with my wife. Alistair C B. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, she she gets so excited about squirrels that let her out there, just balls and squirrels. No,
2: she can't stay. She
1: won't. Then she'll be scared out there by herself.
2: Well, you need a you need a tree removal program on the uh, on your property. No squirrels. Give her the take <laughs> this... the trees take the trees out. The squirrels are gone. Tree City USA. We can't
1: remove any trees in like
2: Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: where, where were we? Oh, talk about. I you got to
2: keep that in there.
1: Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So the team, the team sports, would be a game changer. I don't think it. It it would be great for the silly would season. fit
0: it in. Would you make Would you make new events?
1: The silly season. Okay. Yeah, the, the wraparound. What is gotcha. it called I it think- now? The fall series.
2: No, it's wraparound. No, is it wraparound? It's not false. Yeah, anymore.
0: it's the wraparound. It's like it's like the NBA. Yeah. This was twenty sixteen
2: seventeen.
0: Um, By The European yeah. tour did this way before we did. No, no one lost their mind about that.
2: I I just don't think I don't think you're gonna get big names to commit to that kind of stuff. You know, I not not kind of consistently. I think you can get like the. I mean, you can hopefully get – you remember that idea they talked about in Detroit last year with, like, the Quicken or whatever it was. Yeah. Ricky versus Rory and a, like, celebrity partner or whatever. I
0: think, man, those would be cool. If you get them on network TV on, like, a weekday, like, I mean, those things were awesome. It was like Tiger and Sergio playing on a Monday evening on ABC.
1: I think that should be part of the FedEx Cup is that during practice rounds there should be televised matches between people. And maybe that's what you do. You do it during practice round days.
0: Yeah. Once a month. Some guys barely they even play, barely play practice rounds anymore. They just come up for the pro-am.
1: Why would you need to? You play the same course every single year.
0: I know, but then, you know, guys aren't going to want to be messing with their schedule, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. It's a uh... good
2: inventory for PGA Tour Live or, I don't know, Golf Channel can yeah. show it instead of Bagger Vance or something. They want to pay for it. <laughs> You know, like there's people will watch that stuff. Whether it's Golf Channel or PGA Tour lot. I don't know.
1: Totally. I'm more of a golf fix guy. I love being yelled at for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to do some overrated, underrated? Love to. Love to. Yeah. Let's start with the President's Cup.
2: Overrated or underrated? uh i'll go first i think it's underrated now because everyone's bags on it all day you know it's like oh it's it's not the Ryder cup it's not competitive i mean what the hell it's 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 something that's you know better than whatever else would be here this weekend so i think it's it's i think it's underrated it's it's exciting it's always fun to see team match play events We just don't you know we don't we only get them once a year So I think it's kind of underrated at this point. I'm not going to go to bat for it and claim it's, like, some grand, you know, one of the most important events in the game. But I think it's underrated because it's, you know, beat on so much.
0: All right. Uh, My crooked media take, uh, since I'm in bed with Big Tour, uh, I do think it's underrated. So I'm glad Brendan uh, paved the path for me. But I think one thing that's not being talked about is uh, last year was the first or last time was the – First time they had the rules changes, where it's fewer points, so that helps the international team because it's less about depth, because obviously they get hurt at the end of their lineup, and it was a one-point contest. So hopefully this thing will be close. I think there's a good chance it'll be close because, you know, before there were so many more points in the Ryder Cup and the international was getting killed by the back of their lineup. So we could That's have a brutal. Chance. It was brutal.
2: Brutal but, double double sessions, entire roster, or at least you know five of the you know five yeah. matches instead of four.
0: But Nick brutal. Price. Nick Price went to bat hard for fewer matches and he got it and I think that helped this thing a lot so I think we could have a close one again and I think finally at one point the international team is going to win in the US and it's going to be awesome
1: Are you rooting for the international team?
0: Oh yeah so hard, Global. I think
1: I might actually be rooting for him too. I think it's underrated too it just gets it gets ragged on too much like one of my favorite golf movements from my youth was watching Ernie Els and Tiger just just go blow to blow and uh, where was that? forgot where. South Africa. Yeah, South Cancourt, Africa. right? That thing, uh,
0: that thing was crazy. That was unbelievable. If that thing was going on when we had Twitter, uh, Twitter would have been exploded if that it was around back then.
1: And people would rightfully know that Ernie Els was the second best player of that generation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil it's,
1: would have crumbled in that situation.
0: Your argument gets hurt by retrospect. In the moment, in 2003, Ernie was the second best player in the world. The problem is now when we look back through retrospect and we forget that so many of Phil's wins came later.
1: That's after the ball and also, you know, after he, like, needs money now. Ernie doesn't
2: need money. Phil needs money.
0: Does Phil need money? Oh. Yeah. What,
2: what is this? All um, right. Okay. But, uh, all right. Seems like topic for off the record. Often, uh. taught,
1: often talked about being underrated. Is Mark Leishman overrated or underrated?
0: I'm gonna go first. I hate that when people take a guy like especially the media, which I'm part of, and they're like, This guy is so underrated and I'm like, Aren't we the guys that have the most contribution on how rated a guy is? Like, if a guy's underrated, it's because well, A, fans might not be paying enough attention, but B, like, we're not covering him enough. Um So that I think that he went he was underrated and he'll be underrated in two weeks, but right now overrated because so many media members trying to look woke, are leaping on the Mark Leishman is underrated, you guys don't know what you're talking about if you don't know how good he is
2: bandwagon. I agree with that. It's yeah, it's like it's like depending. people saying like, yeah, you know, this guy, this guy, um, this young guy coming up from Japan, I think he can win. His name's Hideki Matsuyama. It's like these casual, like, golf fans. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's number three in the world. You know, like they, they just throw these names out because it's not, you know, Tiger, Speed, these name you know, of course, of course, he's underrated if you if you don't if you don't ever talk about him and highlight him. I don't have I don't I have no comment on Leishman. Well, like I'm going to abstain. It's like,
0: it's like you said that like five guys dominate the airwaves.
2: Right. I'm going to abstain on Leishman. I think he's a good guy, great player, and I don't know. I, he's properly rated. You know, our friends like to go to bat for him quite a bit.
1: What about um, the Web Tour finals? Overrated? Underrated?
2: I probably need to recuse myself just because it's one of one of the events that's held it course close near and dear to my heart that I've caddied played a thousand times so they're definitely
0: getting deep media coverage this week being uh, in the backyard of a few of our friends Uh, I'm I'm gonna say underrated though but I'm in a unique position like a couple of us are where you know some of the guys so it's actually like people you know and consider friends playing for their jobs um, I don't know how much... This is the issue I had with Tron, and I told him on the text that he was talking about how the, the web finals is better than the Tour Championship, and I was like, yeah, not if you're the general golf fan. If you're the general think, golf fan, you want to see Jordan Speed and just come to win things. But if the for people like us, you're watching guys you know battle for their jobs, and so they're underrated. Yeah, I think
1: it's
2: super underrated. What do you think, Andy?
1: I think it's underrated, and it's just grossly underpaid. That's the thing I think is sick, is how, how the... FedEx Cup, this guy's paying for, playing for $10 million, and then yeah. like, these guys can't even cover their expenses if they finish T40th on the oh, Web.com ben, tour.
0: Ben Hogan would have been disgusted if he knew how much Web.com tour players were making.
1: Yeah, that was Ben you Hogan playing
2: should... in the
0: 1950s. Ben Hogan had to eat uh,
2: oranges off of, out of a citrus grove to feed himself. That's what they himself. have to do, too. I like the old-school feel. They stay with all these like host families and everything. Like, you know... Some stay in hotels. A lot of them stay with, like, you know, host families and stuff like that. Even Bryson,
1: apparently. Last year.
0: The generated part of the Web.com Tour Finals is it's the four biggest purses of the year. So, like, even if you're a tour guy who has to go down there, like, you can make some good coin if you play well. Like, it it boosted the overall purse of the Web.com Tour by a decent amount.
1: Chesson Hadley has made $300,000 and he's got a win and a runner up.
0: Also, I tweeted this with Uline. uh, when Uline won, I think three of the four winners of Web.com Tour Finals events going into this year uh, had won the following season. So it's showing if you can win out there, you can win on tour.
1: Chesson Hadley has won and finished runner-up, and he's made less money than the guy that just showed up at East Lake as the thirtieth guy and a bonus. They made yeah guy thirtieth guy gets a bonus of three hundred thousand dollars for just walking in the door and hitting yeah, but, a tee shot.
0: But think about how much the thirtieth best NBA player is making.
2: That's true. I guess the D league. He keeps kind of coming same. back to these these analogies to other sports when you start questioning the FedEx Cup. It's, Always starts throwing out these other sports. So even though he's Patriots. not an other
0: sports guy, he's not an NFL yeah. guy. <laughs> I'm a baseball guy. Baseball's my sport.
2: I saw. By the way, did you see like the bottom nine finishers at East Lake are all pres Cup players, like? Like, all the guys who came in last, like, the last nine spots were all Presco. cups, like, peaking, right, Right, giving the event some real juice. I well,
0: do kind of wish that they'd had that Sunday after the tour champ pick, so you could have thrown X on the team. That would have been awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't cool. have happened, though. Good old boys. I don't come. know. If, if you save that last pick for Sunday night, you got to pick them. It would have been I great the- if
1: it was between Phil and X.
0: Yeah, going against poor ass anti-establishment take. I think the one thing that's going to help with captains' picks are is more and more captains are um, talking to their team about who they should pick. So it's not just the captain sitting on high saying, "Oh, I'm going to take this guy." Like they're getting input from guys on their team, which I think will help with skew younger. That could make it more political, though. But yeah, if you got like, but if the guys asking Spieth and JT for like who they think they should pick, like they're going to go back for guys their age.
2: Yeah. yeah. Bad for Smiley. People like, I well, mean, I think I Bernhard, be, I think Bernhard Langer here, should me. make this Ryder Cup team.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I, <Get> mean, <laughs> I don't know. This is a real take. I don't know. Real, real question.
1: Could? Real question. Where would Bernhard Langer have finished in the FedEx Cup if he played every event this year?
2: 70th. 70th? Yeah. Oh, he's a great donut delivery man. Brought his donut to <laughs> the players. So I've kind of been influenced by that ever since. Uh, I mean, I think why couldn't he play, you know, play he's like made... three matches at a Ryder Cup and, you know, hold his own?
0: He's made three, Two, $3 million. Matches. He's great,
2: but he still hits at like 265. So? What the hell? Have him do, you know, he, he could hold his own. Have, you know, he, set it up for alternate shot where he's with some big hitters on the, you know, big, <laughs> Or you need big drives.
1: Every year, there's like these, new, like this year it was Steve Stricker and Jerry Kelly. And they're like, oh, these two guys are finally going to go up there and just take it to Bernhard. And sure enough, Bernie is just killing everybody again. He might be cheating, but yeah. he's oh, killing it'd be great. everybody.
2: You'd have like US team members call, trying to call him on it say like he's actually anchoring there would be like a lot of drama you know they say we're not going out you know you know he's anchoring there would be like some some you know plenty of takes plenty of you know air to be filled about whether or not he was anchoring maybe maybe some maybe phil or somebody you know some other vet calls him on it that'd be great to get him in there
0: they should do like that game operation where they put something on his chest and if the butt end of his putter touches it it like vibrates loudly and his nose turns red and then you know that he (laughs) anchored.
1: You've been playing Operation lately?
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of downtime with the kiddo. He's 11 months, but he's not very good at it.
1: Um, All right. uh, We'll do one more overrated, underrated. Um, We're going to say
0: Media Center Dining. God. Good God. Well, the BMW underrated. BMW is by far the best um in general overrated i like to try to eat healthy keep myself in at least some decent shape and it's hard to do when you're on the road
2: uh it's overrated because people won't stop fucking talking about it (laughs) it's like it's the worst you gotta hear about the media dining and people got to come back and tweet about the ice cream sandwich they picked up out of the cooler. Like, people give a know shit that's about nice, that. Like,
0: maybe at maybe Augusta, but I don't know about most weeks.
2: <laughs> oh, it's always. It's terrible. They uh, always, you know, people, like they got to tweet out pictures t- of the buffet, of the dining. Uh, uh, it's so uh, overrated because you got to hear so much about it.
0: You're telling me the Greenbrier week guys are tweeting pictures of ice cream sandwiches. I'm not buying maybe
2: that. Not or, you know, if it's not up to snuff, you know, there's some guy out there bitching about it, you know, the hot dog's cold or I don't who know. Are
0: you, who are you following on Twitter? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to
2: issue a statement from
1: Fried Egg HQ, even though we aren't at headquarters right now. But if the Fried Egg's at a tournament, he does not care at all about the dining situation, if it's good or no. bad. But I will say that the players had spectacular smoothies. I love those things.
0: Here's the thing, uh, a little off topic, but I'm big on uh, purging Twitter accounts. It's kind of like, uh, you know how they're stick to sports? I think I tweeted this, but now during football season, it's stick to sports you're paid to cover. Like, if you're tweeting about the NFL all the time or something else random, like, I know people follow me for one reason, one reason only. They want golf information. They don't care what I no, eat, I, what I'm wearing, where I'm playing. So I only tweet golf info. And if you're no, going to tweet others, other stuff, you're ejected.
2: Totally disagree. Totally disagree. I mean, well, if you're like a... If, yeah. If the person's got a simple mind and is only, you know, capable of being an expert in one area, then fine. You can eject them. But I think a true renaissance man has the versatility to tweet about multiple things. And I, I'm, I'm going to tweet about, you know, the Indians playoff run coming up. People will probably unfollow me as I'm yelling about the strike zone. Stuff like that. I, I think you need to be versatile. And have you know multiple interests to, to deliver to your followers.
0: Yes. Yeah, Last no one, year, when no one, the no one cares what I'm eating or where I'm playing or what I'm wearing.
2: Last year, well, that's when... that's that's just bad bad content. You know, I think you can tweet well about multiple things and still be good content. Last
1: year, when okay. the Cubs were beating the Indians, I had a hard time not tweeting about it. <laughs> but I think I that... think if it, if it's a branded account. You gotta stick it in your lane. Well but if you're a personal like a personality personal account, then you can you can rove.
2: Yeah, I keep myself unbranded. I'm just I'm my own man. I'm not doing PGA tour, Smartin. You gotta just be Sean Martin.
1: (laughs) He's part of the machine.
0: (laughs) Rage against me.
1: Hey, who's gonna win the President's Cup?
0: Internationals.
2: I think the Americans are gonna roll it'll be over like early in sunday singles
0: uh by the way I underrated storyline this week real quick uh zb zach blair 126 in the Fedex cup now 26 on the web uh priority list uh top 25 get cards just living on the bubble that's a if you're looking for some other sunday viewing that could be some good one
2: that was quite a pivot from international from predictions to web tour bubble boys
1: i think abcc is uh gonna fit him well too yeah I think it's like a really I don't good know
2: course for him.
0: Why? Maybe. I it's just it usually plays really wide and pretty soft and it's not that long which helps, but it's,
1: it's short like you can't hit like you can't hit driver on a lot of holes out there. Yeah. So it's true. like he can still like one of his advantages is he can hit driver when other people can't hit driver. So Right. Like when it, you know, and uh oh shit. And then uh and uh so I, I think that I think that helps him out a lot there. And it, it, I think he, he hits a pretty there's there's some tight holes out there. You gotta be precise yeah. out there. I like that place.
2: Overrated, underrated. Assistant captains and captains in general. Overrated. Um, I think they're underrated. Yeah.
1: Because I think like the big cat was running the Ryder Cup team last year, not Davis Love. Davis Love was just a, a figurehead.
2: That's what we hear. Yeah,
1: big cat. I mean, you, no, you can't tell me that if Tiger talks, not everybody's
2: listening there.
1: Like, you can't yeah. tell me that Tiger doesn't have the most influential voice in
2: that team room. And like a really bad captain can, yeah, tank things quickly, like, like, like Tom we saw. In, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it might be underrated. It's a, it's a lot of like hype and fluff, but yeah, I think they have an impact.
0: I think overrated because the only really error you can make, I think, is over-captaining. Yeah, yeah I can see that.
1: I, yeah, I I prescribe by the theory of like just get out of people's way and let them golf.
0: Yeah, these guys know what they're doing. They're adults. They're they wear big boy pants. All right. Well. I think that's it. I don't think anybody needs to
1: hear us talk anymore. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on, guys. If you, if anybody out there listening, yeah, they'll definitely get their money. Yeah. If they don't. If they don't listen to or follow you guys, uh, they should on on Twitter. So.
2: All right, man. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you having us on. Later, guys. All guys. right. See you.